The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, 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 hey, hi, hello, and welcome to NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. I am Corbin Ford. You can follow me at CorbinMBA, and please do because I desperately need those followers. Shameless plug, I get it. Today is Wednesday, February 12th. We are just approaching All Star Weekend, that fabulous weekend where we all sit around our TVs eagerly anticipating the celebrity All Star game. The rising stars, um, competition which you know we might actually like uh i'm just cannot wait for patrick beverly to defend the skills challenge um really something i'm eagerly anticipating and who can forget the quirky three-point shootout with their different rules and the hope that dwight howard can come back and win an nba dunk contest after almost a decade and some change okay i'm just kidding NBA All-Star Weekend for me, you know, going to watch the three-point shootout, going to watch the dunk contest, going to watch the All-Star game, Uh, but it's really just a chance to kind of sit back, rest, reload, try to get my fantasy basketball team looking any semblance of competent, and gear up for this home stretch when NBA games resume the following Thursday. But I'm kind of putting us all in the same kind of space right now, because, you know, we just came past a pretty exciting trade deadline, Uh, Andre Drummond to Cleveland. Great NBA world-shaking news, I'm sure. But, you know, aside from that, there was actually a plethora of decent, solid moves um, within the margins that helped contenders, that kind of moved money around in anticipation of a pretty dry um, NBA free agency period. You had D'Angelo Russell go to Minnesota. You had Andrew Wiggins finally leave Minnesota. You know, he had Andrew Wiggins finally leave Minnesota. You had Marcus Morris go to the Clippers. I mean, you have some moves, and I'm only naming just the tip of the iceberg of things that happened. But for me, none of that's actually all that important. Why? Because coming up, just about after All-Star break, maybe even during if we get lucky, is one of the most exciting seasons for me as an NBA fan. I'm talking the NBA buyout market. Yes, the NBA buyout market is very, 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 very exciting for me. Um, and you know what? It's, 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 it's interesting, kind of overrated. I'm kind of going to go into it a little bit here, but basically buyout time. Yeah, bad teams. You know, they cut ties with players who are usually veterans in the final year of their contract. That allows them to enter free agency. The team's allowed to get off some bad money. The players get a chance to sign with a contender. You know, I want to say everybody wins. <laughs> That's not actually the case, especially if, you know, contenders sign players thinking there's something left in the tank and there is sadly just nothing there at all. But for the most part, it, it, it gives a chance to get some big names, you know, ring-chasing vets, guys to kind of move around. Um... And, you know, teams have to take, they take time to assess, hey, we're going nowhere fast. This player is not going to re-sign with us in the offseason. Let's let him move. You know, we'll, we'll give him a little bit of goodwill there. And then we get excited when the likes of, you know, 36-year-old Amari Stoudemire are free. <laughs> if we're back in 2015, um, when I was a fan of him going to the Mavericks. Um, or Michael Beasley coming out of China. Yes, you got to love, you know, the Michael Beasleys of the world. Um who was another guy, the Andre Blatches of the world coming out from China to set the league on fire after averaging 36 over there and then quickly realizing that, no, that was China and this is the NBA and, you know, basketball is basketball and it's all well and good, but the competition is very different. And bottom line, you know, the last really, really impactful 
um, buyout season guy, and we're going in the way back machine. I mean, for me it is. Uh, was back in 2008 when the Celtics signed P.J. Brown and to a lesser extent Sam Cassell for their stretch run into the playoffs. Now, Sam Cassell, you know, he came out of that with a chip. We have to remember that the um, the Celtics did win that year. But P.J. Brown, man, P.J. Brown had himself one go out for the road. Uh, he really did. In May, in the Game 7 in game seven of the series against the Cleveland Cavaliers. He steps up, gets a kickout pass. I want to say it was from Kevin Garnett. Can't quite remember. And it's a clutch 20-foot jumper to give Boston a three-point lead late in that game. Honestly, Brown later went on to say it was the biggest shot of his career. And I do not disagree with him. One, he wasn't really that guy who was taking that many shots. I mean, he had a, a nice mid-range game. He finished around the basket. He was really like a lunch pail, kind of grinded out, rebounder. If people remember from his days with the Miami Heat, uh, later on with the Charlotte Hornets, you know, he was that kind of guy. He wasn't really scoring in high volume. But that shot right there really propelled the Celtics to go on and win their 17th championship. And Brown retired a champion. And, you know, he'll always be remembered fondly in Boston for that. Uh, Sam Cassell already talked about him. He was more what most bad guys usually are. He only shot 38% in the regular season and 33% in the playoffs as a Celtic. But he, too, won a ring. That's every bad guy's dream, right? Just saying. But for every good signing, you know, like a P.J. Brown that comes out of the woodwork, you get other players and I'm actually going to go with Boston on this again they have a history of this or they did until Danny Ainge decided to stop using the bio market and I'm going to tell you a little bit why so you had PJ Brown right great you know he came through so did uh, Sam Gasell 2009 you know you, you're heading into the playoffs trying to strengthen your bench there's a guard bought out by the New York Knicks nicknamed Starberry yeah I'm talking Stefan Marbury he was bought out in 2009 but you know what? It was hard for him to find um, a second life as a backup. He didn't really fit too well. He didn't shoot very well. Played the worst basketball of his career. Went up to China. Became a legend and never played in the NBA again. So maybe the Celtics helped Starbury's career by launching a second career for him in China. But for the Celtics' uh, championship hopes, that did not come to fruition. And that bio guy was not helpful. But the Celtics were not deterred. 2010. 37-year-old Michael Finley is bought out from the San Antonio Spurs. Boston hops on him. They have to get this guy to help them in the stretch run. Finley shoots 25% in the playoffs. Doesn't happen. He retires after the season. 2011. Who are we going to bring in? Who are the answers? Sasha Pavlovic. Uh, Tony Murphy. Carlos Arroyo. They'll do it. They'll be our answer. No. Okay. 2012. Ryan Hollins, Terrence Williams, anyone? No, no, interesting, okay. Uh, Shadley Randolph and DJ White in 2013? Nope, not one in the bunch. You know, and, and I pretty much did it for the Celtics. They were they were kind of done after that. They, they, they didn't really, uh, they, they, Danny Ainge said, hey, listen, I may have seen the air of my ways. Maybe this isn't something that, you know, can get reliable play from. Just in general. Like, that's just not something that I'm going to be able to do consistently. Um, the Celtics did make a run a few years later at Andrew Bogut. They did not get him. Uh, the Warriors ended up getting him and, 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 and propelling themselves to a championship that way. But that was the last time that Danny H really dipped his uh, foot in the water, so to speak, of the buyout market. But I'm giving you a little bit of history here just to tell you that, hey, as excited as I am about it, I do want to temper it with a little bit of a 
I guess the word would be a, a dose of reality and the fact that most bio guys do not um, give you that uh, elusive piece that takes you over the edge. I'm just going to throw a few guys out in the past couple of years who were bio guys, not Celtics signings. But you had in 20, uh, 2012 and later in 2013, Derek Fisher with the Thunder. Um, all I remember him was barely hitting shots for them, even though he'd be getting open off a of penetration from Kevin Durant and uh, Russell Westbrook. 2014, who can forget the Pacers signing Andrew Bynum, the Clippers signing Danny Granger, the Thunder signing uh, Karan Butler. Uh, I can. I had to look at a, a, a article here to remember that. The Heat signed Michael Beasley in 2015. Yeah, that was a great run, although that started a confusing kind of getting waved and coming back a couple of years for uh, Beasley and the Heat. A love-hate relationship there. 2016, the Heat signed Joe Johnson. That actually worked for some of it. Even spawned a whole new career for him uh, for another year or two uh, later in Utah. But that happened. Um, you know, the Rockets signed Andrew Godlock. <laughs> Shout out to the real ones who know who Andrew Godlock was. Uh, Pacers signed Ty Lawson, uh, who we've never seen again. Uh, you know, Maverick signed David Lee. And he gave you a solid year. But these guys are just guys that, you know, didn't really have anything left. And people got excited about them. You know, they had great careers, nothing to take away from what they did in their NBA careers. Just something that, you know, didn't come to realization when they joined the team that needed them to provide some uh, modicum of production that was hoped for. That, that is plain and simple what it is. With that being said, <laughs> and this is going to be funny, we have some bio guys that I am excited to kind of run down the list that could have the possibility of being moved. And these guys could help some people. As a Lakers fan, I'm just going to say no bias here. Um... <laughs> You know, Marcus Morris was the target for us, or for the Lakers. Did not happen. The Clippers got him. Darren Collison was wined and dined. Even had front row seats to a Lakers loss uh, to the Rockets. And apparently something in that dinner slash loss convinced Darren Collison that, you know what, man? The NBA was great and all, but I kind of like being retired. Because he decided to stay retired. With that being said, you know, Lakers need pieces. And if the Lakers do, other piece, other teams would like to have pieces that would throw them over the edge. So, I'm going to run through the guys, just their names, and then maybe kind of look back and kind of speculate on where they could fit and kind of who they are as players in this current year. You have Mo Harkless, Reggie Jackson from Detroit. Got uh, two clutch shooting guards, and I don't mean clutches in oh, clutch shot making, but clutches in clutch sports, you know, the LeBron agency. And Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith. You got Amon Shumpert who's still out on these streets. You got Evan Turner. Uh, thinking about more, how about Isaiah Thomas? Uh, Tyler Johnson just got bought out or waived straight up by the Phoenix Suns. Courtney Lee is still on the Mavericks. These guys are guys that could be helpful. And that's not even talking about a Michael Kill Giltress or uh, Marvin Williams, two former Charlotte Hornets who have been bought out and have already joined teams that are, you know, ready for their services. The Mavericks for Kid Giltress, for Get Kill Gilchrist, and the Bucks for Marvin Williams, the rich getting richer there with a floor stretching big. Um, who can do some rebounding, solid defense, and a great veteran in the locker room. So, you know, there you go with that. Uh, Jeff Green's also out there. Evan Turner. Um, Alan Crabb could shoot. Brandon Knight just got traded and had a aforementioned uh, uh, Andre Drummond masterclass of a trade, and he could be available as well. Um, Bismack Biombo could be moved. John Henson, Trey Burke. These guys are all guys that could be available. And I know, I know what you're thinking. That isn't exactly a murderer's row. And you're right. But the key about buyout guys is if the right player finds the right team and they're using the right role, that's a whole lot of rights. Things could come off swimmingly for that team. So I'm going to start with some guy who I really would hope would come in the Lakers. And that is Mo Harkless. 
you know, he was the guy who kind of made the money work in the trade that sent uh, Marcus Morris to the Clippers for basically nothing else but a first-round pick in him. But, you know, Mo Hockley's pretty good with the Clippers this year. He's only 26 years old. And in just under 23 minutes a game, he averaged five points, four rebounds, an assist, and a steal. He shot 51% from the field, 37% from three. He's six foot seven. He got a seven foot two wingspan. He can defend guards. He can defend some larger bigs. And I really hope he signs with the Lakers. Because Lakers already didn't get Morris. They didn't get Robert Covington. They did not get Andre Godala. And they need a big who can play with these, you know, Kawhi Leonard's, Paul George. I'm sorry, those two are on the same team. But you have your Giannis's. You have your bigger physical wings who cannot bang with KCP and others. And that could be a problem. So I really hope he gets moved. Reggie Jackson's another interesting guy. You know, he's a guard uh, with the Pistons. He's been injured for a lot of his uh, Pistons tenure. He's missed 30 or more games in three of the past four seasons, including this one that we're talking about. But, you know, he's really good on the pick and roll. Uh, he's pretty good taking care of the ball. He has a 3.2 to 1 assist ratio to assist to turnover ratio this year. Um, he has a pretty good mid-range J. It's not a very, very good three-point shooter, but he can shoot three pretty well, um, especially in some spot situations. I'm sure, you know, if you're playing with a team that can kind of attract gravity, he's already open. He can kind of get his feet set. He's not by any means a slouch from three. He's just not, uh, it's not his calling card. You know, Lakers could use him too. We got Rajon Rondo and uh, Quinn Cook really uh, taking up our backcourt spots. And Quinn Cook's barely even playing. It's really uh, Alex Caruso. So that's something there as well. Deion Waiters and J.S. Smith. Uh, J.S. Smith's already getting a workout with the Lakers. That's going to be interesting. But he hasn't played in a year. But he can play. Um, Deion Waiters has had a very interesting uh, season so far with the Heat. Um, already having been traded to Memphis and being bought out. They wasted no time in deciding that they would not need him. Um, even with his uh, extra year and $12.6 million left on his contract, which I thought was a little funny. But... At the same time, you know, I'm not as high on Jared Smith only because he looked cooked to me from a defensive and shot-making standpoint before he went AWOL um, after Cleveland. Like, he looked he was already slipping. And, you know, 34 doesn't mean anything when LeBron James is just superhumanly playing. And, yeah, that was a Pat Riley reference by saying that basically uh, LeBron's 35 and playing well. So, Andre Iguodala at 36 is going to be amazing. But, anyways, going back to that, um, I would actually be more on board with Deion Waiters. Um, who doesn't just provide what I'm about to tell you to the Lakers, but he can provide for other teams as well, which is really, you know, three-point shooting. He can defend the opposing shooting guards, even maybe some other some wings. He can give you some secondary um, creation, which teams at this point, you know, you don't need it, especially in the playoffs where, you know, you're really going to be playing like a really tight eight-man rotation and things like that. But if you can get someone off the bench who can get you some buckets, who can kind of create shots when it becomes so much harder to manufacture those, I think that could be valuable, especially late, you know, late in games. Um, not that he'd be on there, but, you know, get you through a rough stretch in the end of the second quarter when your stars are taking a blow and you need that guy to kind of consistently make sure that points are on the board or available for you. That's an option. Um, on Shumpert, doesn't really give you too much on the offensive end. I think he's only shot 36% or better from three um, in just two of his uh, now nine NBA seasons, but he's a pretty solid defender. Um, played really well early last season for Sacramento. He ended up playing some playoff games in Houston. Didn't do too well, but he was in the NBA this season. He played with Brooklyn. Um, he has a six-five. Uh, his length, his size is six-five. He has a six-seven wingspan, and he can guard some perimeter positions too. So that's good. And he has a pretty good reputation, you know, in other teams. The Nets waved him, wanted to bring him back. You know, he's a good character guy. That's kind of what you're looking for in a bio guy. Um, Evan Turner, not too hot on him, but I mean, if you want someone who can kind of come in, uh, pass the ball. Okay, rebound a little bit. Nothing really giving you too much on the offensive side, but 
there is that. Um, he actually played really good in Boston, averaging 10 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, you're not really getting those numbers. You haven't been getting them since those Boston days, but maybe a reunion in Boston. Who knows? Brad Stevens has a way of making really, really, uh, let's just say, decently talented players look very, very good. Speaking of uh, talented players looking very good, Isaiah Thomas, who I really just hope gets on the team just because I feel so bad for the guy. I mean, so bad for the guy since his hip injury and just the horrific journey that he's had post-Boston. I mean, he went from a Wizards team that was struggling to win games. He went to the Clippers. I was like, yes, this is a win for you. You're going to, you know, sit on the bench, a la Jeremy Lin last year for the Raptors, but you're going to get a championship, and that will be sweet for you because you deserve it after all you've been through. And then not even a couple hours later, the Clippers are going to wave him, and that was like a bummer. But you know what? He can still shoot. If anything, uh, Washington showed he could still um, manufacture points, 12.2 points and 3.7 assists a game in just over 23 minutes. He shot 41% from three on nearly five attempts per game. The only problem is that he's five foot nine and a liability on defense, especially directly at the point of attack there where he only had, um, they gave up basically 120 points per 100 possessions when he played. And that's the Wizards I'm talking about. The magic from the Wizards was not playing any defense. Yeah, lame joke, I know, but still. Um, aside from that, that's kind of it. Not really too many more guys to break down on that end. You know, players you see here, what you're going to get. Bild market is really just that. But this is just really a primer, kind of get you looking forward to, like, what these guys are who are out there, some numbers, hopefully to guide your decisions looking at it. Can't give you the fantasy perspective on that, but I can say that I hope to find some of these guys on a contender near you. NBA games today. Only two games I'm really looking at as ones to keep an eye on. Uh, one right now, actually at the time that I'm recording this, is currently being played. And that's the Bucks versus Pacers. Um, Pacers pretty handily beating on the Bucks right now, 80 to 66. Tonight's game that I'm also excited for is the Lakers versus the Nuggets. Although, let's be fair, any of these games that are on tonight, I'm not expecting maximum effort. It's almost like the last day of work that you have before you go on break for the weekend, the summer, vacation, whatever. Who really is really trying to work that hard to the end? Your mind is already in Peru or or. I don't know, the bar, wherever your break, vacation, etc. is. So I'm not expecting great, you know, playoff intensity style basketball. I doubt you are either. Um, I'd actually say a little less than that because, you know, at this point they're playing the games to win. But, you know, all-star break's coming up. You know, people are going to be with their family. So that's going to be interesting. Anyways, that's going to be it for a rather short episode of the NBA today. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me at CorbinNBA. The show is brought to you by Kona Coffee um, Hawaiian Isles, Kona Coffee to be very specific. Check it out on Amazon, HawaiianIsles.com. Taste of the Kona difference. It is amazing. Thank you for joining me, and y'all have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.